Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. please uh, to the book of first Samuel we've been in first Samuel on when uh, on uh, Sunday nights I'm going to give you just a little bit of what I what I was uh, what I've uh, been trying to get to and uh, just uh, pick up where we were uh, for just a moment again I know it's already seven o'clock we've been here uh, it's been 653 almost been here an hour and uh, so I'm not going I'm not even going to preach a message just uh, want to, uh, to to mention a couple of verses and give you a couple of thoughts out of those verses. If you remember, the last time we were here, we began a thought on Father's Day, and we've been talking about Eli, and we've been talking about uh, his relationship with his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. First Samuel uh, chapter number 2 is where we'll be tonight. Uh, we have, over the last couple of messages, read out of chapter 1 and introduced who Eli is. Uh, as you remember, the, one of the first mentions of Eli in the Scriptures is that he is called the father of the priests of the Lord, Hophni and Phinehas, and God talks to us a lot about his parenting and his relationship with his sons, his relationship with people that were looking to him uh, for influence, amen, and so we talked a little bit about Eli and about how he, is a, how he was a dad and how he was a, a, a man of God, a follower of God that we don't want to be. The first thing we talked about that he was faulty in his person, that was chapter number one, and then uh, we've talked about how he was failing in his parenting. Uh, that is here in chapter number two. I'm not, I'm not going to make you stand for the reading, but let's look at what the Bible says there in 1 Samuel chapter number two and in verse number 27. Of course, we realize that there is a man of, well, let's back up to verse 22. Uh, there is a young man of God that was born at the end of chapter number two. You all know who he is. Uh, his name was Samuel. Uh, he is a man of God that God uh, would use later on in his life as an older man uh, to anoint the kings of the nation of Israel. And we realize that Samuel uh, is a judge, the last judge of the nation of Israel. And so this young man that is born at the end of chapter number one, when you come to chapter number two, God had given him a miraculous birth. And this son Samuel is uh, entrusted by his mother and his father, by Elkanah and Hannah, into the hand of uh, the priests of the Lord by the name of Eli. Eli is mentioned in chapter number 2 and uh, Samuel is as well. <clears throat> and so uh, as we come to chapter number 2 we realize that they are uh, right in the middle of Eli training Samuel uh, to be the man of God that he is supposed to be and allowing him to minister in the things of God in the tabernacle. Look at verse 22. The Bible says, Now Eli was very old and heard all 
all that his sons did unto, and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against the Lord, the judge shall judge him. And if a man sin against the Lord, uh, who shall uh, entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor, both with the Lord and also with the men. Verse number 27 says, And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt uh, in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him, this is speaking about thy father, speaking about Aaron, uh, out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, and to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Now I'm going to conclude the reading there for just a moment, and just simply remind you of here, uh, Eli is in the middle of a conversation between uh, him and the Lord. And God, as I've already stated, we're talking about how Eli is a follower of God uh, that I personally do not want to emulate, and I'm sure you don't as well. He was faulty in his character, but he was failing in his parenting. <coughs> and God here tells us about that failure. Those that depended on Eli the most, those that Eli would have had the opportunity uh, to uh, to influence the most and to make his mark on them uh, more indelibly and more permanently uh, than anyone else that he would have ministered to would have been his sons. Chapter 2 verse 12 says that the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And so there is a great failure here in the fact that Eli is a man that is God's man and no doubt he had a heart for God and the things of God. Well, he is by no means a lost man. The Bible does not tell us that. He is a servant of the Lord but over the years according to verse 22 the Bible said he was very old somehow across uh, the years he began uh, he began to become uh, more and more apathetic he began <clears throat> to become more and more if I can use this uh, terminology lukewarm uh, when it comes to serving God. The Bible talks about that he had knowledge of their sin and verse 20 and he did very little about it. Verse 23, 24 and 25 tell us that there was a conversation <coughs> that Eli had and he essentially just simply stated his, disple his displeasure and his disapproval in uh, what uh, his sons were engaged in as they were committing uh, 
they were committing fornication even at the doors of the house of God with people that were coming to the tabernacle to meet with the Lord or maybe even to serve the Lord and they had committed this great sin for the sin that they committed Eli's words here fall very flat uh, his words here are very weak with uh, with him not only being their daddy which of course is a great position of authority uh, but he is also supposed to be uh, their man of God their spiritual leader he just simply says guys what you've done it's bad and uh, who's going to pray for you uh, who's going to go to God on your behalf uh, who's going to appease God <coughs> for you with this sin uh, being uh, what it is and as bad uh, as it was. Amen. And so we understand here uh, that there was much that Eli could have done. Uh, we see here uh, in the Word of God about some things that <coughs> Eli had done. Eli had begun to do what I called, or at least allowed his sons to do what I've called blurring the lines. <coughs> Eli knew and the sons knew what was right and what is wrong, but they allowed the lines of God's standard to be blurred. Uh, what Eli did here uh, in the verses that we have read is he failed to be the parent that he was supposed to be, and he failed to be the man of God that he was supposed to be, and he failed to be the influencer uh, that he was supposed to be <coughs> to others. It was what he did uh, in, in uh, causing uh, many of the things that we see in the text being someone that we shouldn't want to be. The first thing that he did was, as I've already stated, he allowed his sons, and I'm, and I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you just one truth at the end of it, all right? So y'all stay with me. What Eli did was he allowed his sons to blur the lines of right and wrong. We've seen that. He did not restrain his sons according uh, to the word of God there in chapter number three. He did not restrain his sons, which is what he should have been doing according to God. Uh, he should have been more actively involved in uh, them getting right and the, the sin in Israel ceasing. He did not restrain his sons. He did not uh, put any stop or even any restrainer uh, to what was going on. And he, the Bible says there in chapter number two, <coughs> We read it in verse number 29 uh, that he preferred or that he honored, uh, he gave honor uh, to his sons above the Lord. The Bible says that he did that to make, he said, to make yourselves fat. This is the end of verse 29. To make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of the man of Israel, uh, the men of Israel, the, the offerings of Israel, my people, excuse me. And uh, if you remember what we mentioned uh, last Sunday night, simply what that means is, is that he was willing uh, to, he was willing to blur the lines. He was willing uh, to relax the standard. He was willing uh, to come off of his convictions uh, that he was supposed to have uh, because things were made a little a little bit more uh, preferential to him. It was more comfortable uh, to him. The Bible said that there was pleasurable things that came into his life when he blurred the lines and he relaxed the standard and he came back off of the conviction a little bit. The Bible said that, that he did it because he was made fat. Uh, with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, uh, God's people. <coughs> and we've talked about the sin of what Hophni and Phinehas were doing uh, with the offerings. They were not uh, going God's way. When it comes to the offering, God had a plan. God had a standard. 
They were not obeying that. Amen. Take your Bibles with me tonight. And I know this is going to be, uh, this is going to be tough. <coughs> but take your Bibles with me tonight. And turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 21. Deuteronomy chapter number 21. Hold your place there. We'll get to Deuteronomy 21 here in just a moment. Notice now, get turned there, hold your place there, and then look back at 1 Samuel chapter 2. Like I said, I hope you haven't left this passage. I still hear pages turning. Amen. Maybe we need to familiarize ourselves with Deuteronomy a little bit more. Amen. All right, now go back with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. Hold your place there. Look back at chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 2. I know this isn't the normal way I preach, all right? And just like I said, I'm just trying to stay the fault, and we're not, we're not even going to preach hardly a message tonight. Verse 30, this is where we ended last week on verse number 29. Verse 30, God has said he has given that great rebuke of Eli about what he has done, why he has done it. You've honored your sons before me. <coughs> you have put them even in sin above me. Look at verse 30. The Bible says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, Because of what he's done, God makes these statements to him. Wherefore the God of Israel saith, This is 1 Samuel 2.30, I said indeed that my house and the house, uh, excuse me, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. That's what God declared unto his ancestors, unto his predecessors. God said, Thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. You should live for me. You should walk in my statutes. You should do what I want you to do. And you ought to be in line before me forever. But notice this now. He says, but... Now, what a problem. What a, what a heart-wrenching thing for God to say, I've wanted you and I've desired and I've told you to live for me, but if that's directed at us, what a heartbreaking statement it is that God wants holiness and righteousness and obedience out of us, but he has to tell us something in contrast. What a terrible thing that is. He says, but... Now the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me will I honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly <coughs> esteemed. Verse 31. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall, there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. In other words, God said, Eli, you've lived to be a long man, but because of, because of you walking away from the way that you were supposed to be and the way that that your family tree was supposed to be and the way your, I told your ancestors that they were to live before me forever. You walked away. You may be an old man, but you're the last one that will be that way in your family. God here is giving stern words. He's giving uh, here uh, statements that no doubt none of us want to emulate Eli because none of us would want to hear words like this. Amen. He says there in the end of verse 30, or beginning in verse 32, <coughs> And thou shalt, he begins to pronounce prophecy on them. 
He says, And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, and in all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the, and the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from mine altar, uh, shall be to consume thine eyes, and to grieve thine heart. And all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee. Notice this now. That shall come upon thy two sons upon Hophni and Phinehas in one day they shall die both of them. Look at verse 35. He says and I will raise up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in mine, uh, mine mind and I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever and it shall come to pass that everyone that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and shall say put me I pray thee into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a piece of bread. God here is saying uh, that he think about these words now. God has said Eli because of your sin your sons are going to die. They'll both be gone in the same day. Look at chapter number 3 uh, real quickly in verse number 12. Chapter 3 verse number 12. God says in that day I will perform against Eli. He's speaking to Samuel here. And I'll go back and flesh some of these things out on another day. But verse 12 he says, In that day I'll perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin I will make also an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged uh, with the sacrifice nor offering uh, forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Here in these passages of Scripture, uh, we find that God is pronouncing judgment upon Eli for not doing what he should have done, uh, for not uh, restraining his sons, for blurring the lines. He is pronouncing judgment uh, but on him allowing his sons to blur the lines of what right and wrong of not uh, restraining his sons when they uh, did that which was vile and abominable in the eyes of the Lord uh, for allowing the lines to be blurred because it gave him a personal gain. It benefited him personally when he relaxed the standard and left uh, uh, the convictions to the side. And here we find uh, that what we know what Eli did. But now look with me at that passage I told you just a minute ago uh, to, to hold your place at. And that's Deuteronomy chapter uh, number 21. We know what Eli has done. We know what God said he's going to do about it. What was Eli? Why, why is God so uh, strongly about why he's punishing Eli? It's because God has already said, has already declared what should have been done for Eli's sons. Notice what the Bible says here. Deuteronomy chapter number 21 and verse number 18. Now I will say this before we read. Let me just go on record to say I'm glad that we live in a New Testament day. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that you and I as New Testament believers we are not bound under the Mosaic law to, to enact the, the punishments that we're about to read about or else none of us would be here. 
Amen. I can tell you right now, my boys wouldn't be here. I'm, I'm telling you they wouldn't. And the main reason why is not because they're doing what this passage says, but because most likely their daddy wouldn't have lived long enough to have them. Amen. And no doubt you'd be the same. Deuteronomy 21:18. Notice what the Bible says here now. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son. Any of you parents with sons, amen. Can you say that you know what it is to have a stubborn and rebellious son? Son, amen. Amen. Never mind. Praise the Lord. Let's just read it. Amen. Nobody's going to. Every one of them is saying amen in their mind, but they're not going to say it out loud. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will. Notice this now. What did, what did Eli do just a minute ago? The, the thing that what we read just a minute ago, the passage, the text we read just a minute ago. Eli had a conversation with his boys. Do you remember how the conversation ended? The Bible said, and they did not hearken unto the voice of their father. Now they had every obligation to do so. He was their dad. He was their dad, but he was also God's man in their life. Notice what the Bible says. If you have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken. The Bible tells us no indication of chastening involved in Eli's life. But notice, let's, let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe at some, maybe he did chasten them. Maybe he did do something about it. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 19. By the way, I'll say this. If it is this bad for Hophni and Phinehas in adulthood, I can only imagine what it would have been like in childhood for them. After they've had a so-called lifetime of training. If this is the men that they have become, even had having a dad that was a priest of the Lord. And like I said, according to these passages we've read, there is no indicator that Eli was not a great priest of God in days gone by. He may, he may have become relaxed toward the end of his life. And that was one of the reasons why we preached what we preached a few weeks ago. I don't want to be a pastor that holds the line in youth and then as some do begin to relax the standard and relax on the things of God as they get older. But but Eli here, no doubt he was probably a man that held the standard in his youth to remain the, the priest of the Lord. But the Bible says that if they will not obey when they have chastened him and will not hearken unto them, verse, verse 18, verse 19, the Bible said, Then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him. That's good King James language for jerk him up. Amen. And bring him out unto the elders of the city. That is the authorities of the day. That would be those in charge of the city. That would be uh, police force, governmental officials, mayors. It would be those kind of individuals. Bring them unto the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place. 
And they shall say unto the elders of his city. Now, parents, don't get any ideas. The mayor's not going to help you, all right? And they shall say unto the elders of his city, this, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men, they stated his sins, verse 21, and all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And notice this now. And all Israel shall hear and fear. God's standard is this. He said there, God's standard was in Israel there should be no stubbornness and there should be no rebellion. God's will was that stubbornness and rebellion be rooted out from the nation of Israel. God's will was that these men, uh, that them by doing this and the fact that they're stoning them with stones, they're doing it in a public way. They do it until they die. That lets me know God has a no tolerance policy towards sin. God's not going to allow it. And Eli's problem was that he was allowing it. He no doubt Eli would have known the word of God. Eli would have known what God uh, what God's standard was and here we find in the word of God that the Bible said that it gives us God's mentality. It gives us God's thoughts. Amen. Uh, that this is how God handles sinfulness. Why? He said that evil would be put away from among you. God doesn't want evil to be in his nation. God doesn't want evil to be in his church. God doesn't want evil to be in your family. And so God gave Israel a way uh, to deal with these things. He is not doing what God is declaring that they ought to do to take care of sin uh, in, the, in the family. And so we find a man of God who's supposed to be holding the line and giving uh, and being the one that totes the standard. He's relaxing on that standard. He's turning a blind eye uh, to the standard. We see what Eli did. We see what Eli should have done is uphold God's standard, obey God's standard. And that's not what he did. He lost his own sons. But notice this. And it's like I said, just a thought. Look at chapter three, verse 16. He did not parent his sons the way that he should have, at least in these latter years. He did not do as a, he failed in his parenting with Hophni and Phinehas. But look at chapter 3, verse 16. Remember, I said that when Hannah, of course, she made God that promise that if God gave her a man child, if God gave her who ultimately became Samuel, she, he would, she would give him back to the Lord. And she made good on that promise. She gave him back to the Lord. She gave him to Eli to raise around the things of God in the temple. Here we find that Samuel is now in the temple and we find that he is involved in the ministry there with Eli. Notice what he said in verse 16. Again, I have some more thoughts that I'll give you next week that will flesh some of this chapter out. But the Bible said, then Eli called Samuel, or called Samuel and said, Samuel, notice this now, my son. And he answered, 
Here am I. Verse 17, and he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And the Bible says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground and all Israel from Dan even unto, even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a priest of the Lord and the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord how and you've just your word a lot today but how heartbreaking it is the fact that Eli had two sons that were his responsibility. He is God had given them to him and he fails parenting them. But now there is a young man that's brought into his care that is not his son. He's Elkanah's son. He's Hannah's son. This is not his son at all. It's been brought under his care. This is someone that he is supposed to be training to perform a duty. But he treats Samuel more. He enters into the role of a father in a much better way for Samuel than he's doing for his boys. He, they are in sin, and there's so many things he's refusing to do in, in terms of his relationship with them. But the verses we just read about this conversation between him and Samuel, Eli has taught, is teaching Samuel in this passage what the voice of God sounds like. I wonder, and again, I don't know. I don't know what happened in the past when we're introduced to Eli. He is an old man, but I will say this again. Like I said, just a thought tonight. But I will say this: if I live my whole life and I influence others that don't belong to me, and I fail to influence, I, I, I can. I, I know I'm the pastor here. If I influence these boys for God. And I failed, I failed to influence mine. There's a grave mistake there. I'm talking about how Eli failed as a parent. You know, there's so many of us that we have made such good impressions on others. People outside of our home. We are the Christian that they're looking to. They, there will be people tomorrow when you go to your job. They know you were in church today. And you being able to tell them about what happened for you. To, they may be waiting on that story. Because that is the closest. What happened for you in church may be the closest thing they'll get to God this week. You're influencing others. But when was the last time we thought about, and again, like I said, this is just a thought, not even preaching. But when was the last time we thought about the importance of those that are living in our home? Those that know us better than anybody. You don't think that part of the reason why Eli, if even if way on back there, he was a faithful priest of the Lord. These things that's in Eli's heart that is being exposed as an older man. Don't you think that maybe those closest to Eli might have been able to see the seed of some of those sins that came out over the years and became more prominent over the years and the failures that 
came out over the years and became more prominent. They came to the forefront. Those that are closest to him probably saw those when they were just seed thoughts, just 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 in 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 just something that's he never really let out all those years ago. He kept it under wraps, probably for everybody on the outside. But Hoffman Phineas, who know him best, do you think? And like I said, this may just this is just might be supposition, but I truly see it in my mind's eye the way I see this passage of scripture. If we're not faithful to live, well, you, may, you may be a great Christian and people may look at you that way and you may come to church three times a week. You may be a God called preacher. You may be the son of a preacher. You may be the grandson of a preacher. You may have been a member of, of many churches and spent every day, every week of your life in the house of God. You may truly be that and everybody on the outside knows, but those in your house are going to get a chance to see a side of you that you may not let others see. You may not let those things be exposed to a world, and I would hate for my sons to grow up and be sons of Belial who do not know the Lord because I spent more of my energy and effort on everybody else that doesn't know me, and I laid the standard down, and I, and I, I quit being the man of God. I quit being the Christian. I quit being the faithful servant of Christ. I was relaxed in my relationship with God around my children, and it causes my children to grow up and not even know the Lord. Brother Jeremy, from what I can tell from conversations with your boys, God has allowed me to have a great influence on your sons. But if all I ever do is influence your children, and I don't influence mine. I I've done what Eli's done. I've failed as a parent. And there are times, fa families, I'll be honest with you, moms, dads, if we are ever more relaxed around anybody, we are around our families. If we, are, if we ever lay our, uh, I don't want to say lay our convictions down, but if we are ever tempted to be less than our best for God, the ones that are going to see it the most and are affected by it. I'm, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I am anybody else. The ones that will see it the most and be affected by it the most are the ones closest to us. You don't think there was a day where Hophni and Phinehas idolized, and I use that term the way we use it modernly, not biblically. You never think there was a day where Hophni and Phinehas probably idolized their dad. Young boys... Their dad is the closest thing to Superman they'll ever know. Young ladies, their, their dad is the closest thing to Superman they'll ever know. I know my boys absolutely adore their mama, and my boys want nothing more. Not to just, they love their mama, they want to, tell you, they want to be around their mama 24-7. They want to be around her. <laughs> Brother Lewis, you know what my boys want to be? This breaks my heart to think about. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful, but it scares me to death. They want to be their daddy. It's not that they love being around mom and all the things mama does. But my boys, they want to grow up to be their father. We have a great responsibility. You may be here and you may not have children, but there's somebody that you are their influence for God. 
don't be don't be like Eli here and let those closest to you suffer and those that are not those that are not in your home and those that aren't your immediate family those on the outside if I can use don't lose the Hophni and Phineases in your house and make a great influence on the Samuels I will say I'm thankful Eli had an influence on Samuel I'm thankful Eli taught Samuel how to hear the voice of God but if I teach my boys to sin and to have a bad attitude and to be filled with anger and to be whatever you want to name sin wise whatever your besetting sin is if I teach my boys to be that way and I teach your children how to hear the voice of God I have failed and that's what Eli's done here God help us tonight every head bowed every eye closed like I said not a message just a thought tonight thank you for making us part of your day we would love to hear from you please find us on Facebook or at our website bbclexington.com when the rolling call up yonder I